man, I cannot keep all of these references straight. All of the footnotes are out of sync. I don't know what citation format I'm supposed to be using. Who can help me? Sotero to the rescue today on Surviving Seminary. Welcome to today's episode of Surviving Seminary. I'm Jason Stark, and with me is my co-host, Kevin Sutherland. Hey, guys. And as we hinted in that silly opener, we are talking today about a very special software that can help you um, write your papers and get your papers finished up in a nice, clean format, and that is called Zotero. How long have you used Zotero, Kevin? I've I've used it since about 2014. I remember sitting in a coffee shop working on a paper and thinking, there's got to be some kind of software that will help manage my citations. And I, I realized that there was some stuff inbuilt into Microsoft Word at the time, but it didn't have my specific format. But I realized that there is software out there. And Zotero, we should say right now, is not the only software out there. There's Mendeley and other ones like that, which I don't have a lot of experience with. Me neither. I didn't even really know about them. Okay. And so we're going to speak about Zotero, and we are not being endorsed by Zotero at all. They are a nonprofit, I believe. I don't even know whether they are. I You can tell how well I've researched for this one. But I really, um, I had the idea just because I've come to see how useful it was. In particular, you can kind of use my fall semester and then my spring semester that were just part of the last academic year as like a test case, basically, because I had heard of Zotero and tried using it in the fall, but didn't really get the hang of it. I felt like I was just trying to keep my head above water with assignments and everything. And so I didn't really take the time to, uh, to learn it. And um, and because of that, I spent a lot of time in the fall semester trying to get my citations just right. We use uh, we use SBL. Um, well, most of the time, anyway, around this uh, around biblical studies department, we use SBL Handbook of Style Second Edition. Yeah, I actually uh, grew up in the uh, academic world using the first edition, so it was a bit of a challenge for me. Well, I'm a newbie, and so um, so I, I came right into it, but. Um, I also had a professor that fall semester who was very, very strict on getting citation style right. And so I spent a lot of time memorizing all of the different uh, ways in which the citation style for footnotes and the citation style for the bibliography would go. And I was basically just typing all of that out. And that was how I was going about it. And it took forever. Yeah, I bet. But then in the spring semester, I finally had some time to breathe. At least I felt like I had more time to breathe, mm-hmm. and uh, I started working with Zotero, and Zotero will um, import into its library um, in the software any resource that you want to put into it, and then when you set your citation style in Zotero, then you can have it take that um, entry of that resource that you've put into it, and it will convert it. Um, in that particular citation style that you select and put it into your um, your word processor document, depending on the word processor that we're talking about here. And it will do it 
in exactly the way that it's supposed to based on where you're putting it. Yeah. And so before we get into the what and how of it, I just wanted to say a little bit about how how do you go about getting this. So one thing is if you go to Zotero.org, I believe is the website on there, and Jason's going to look it up. It is. It's Zotero.org slash download. Yes. So there are actually, if you're going to use the SBL Book of Style and not one of the more common uh, citation styles, you actually have to do, I believe, three different downloads. But you need to download uh, the actual software itself, and then you want a connector on your web browser, which currently the main browsers they support are um, Safari, Firefox, and Chrome. They do not, as far as we know, as of this podcast, have a Microsoft Edge uh, browser connector, but they have uh, what they call a bookmarklet that, that you can use on any other browser. But those Firefox or Chrome ones are the ones we have experience with, and they're very helpful on there. The other thing you're going to need is you're going to need a special plugin for Microsoft Word. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, we haven't looked into other word processors, but we know that for Microsoft Word, there's a special plugin that will basically open up another tab up on the ribbon in the top of the screen, mm-hmm. and it will just say Zotero on it. And so you would need to download that as well. Yeah, and then if you have a certain citation style that they've made but is not part of the main download, you may have to download that. Like if you want SBL Handbook of Style Second Edition, you have to download that and find it on their website uh, to download that little plugin as well. So there are some steps. Um, it takes a it takes a little bit of doing to get it set up on your computer. But once you have those things uh, set up and ready to go, then um, it's gonna be it's gonna be really great. Trust yeah. me. Eventually. So let's imagine that you have opened up Zotero for the very first time and you're going to see um, a program open up that has a few different columns on it. The one in the left hand is going to have um, a filing system that is basically your library. It'll even say my library in the top folder. And then below that, there are subfolders that you can create. Um, And so uh, for any one of those folders that you'll click on, the next window over to the right will just look empty because there's nothing in it yet. And then uh, there's another window, um, another panel to the right of that. So you've opened it up. And uh, the first thing that you want to do is you want to put in a particular resource. You probably want to put in all your resources so that they're all logged there, but you're starting with just one. And uh, you might, uh, or it might not be a resource, well, let's say that it's a resource that you have, like a book that you have in your hand. If you want, uh, you can click the add new item button that's at the top of the screen, and it will open up um, on the right-hand panel Uh, a field that has, well, I should say it'll open up uh, a window that has a lot of different fields, all the normal ones like author, title, publication date, and city of publication, all of that stuff that normally goes into a citation entry. And if you want, you can just enter in all of those things, um, enter in whatever you like uh, into those fields. And then, and so what you've done is you've populated the metadata for that particular resource, and now it's in your library. And um, and you could do that with all your books if you want. There are, however, easier ways to do it as well. Yeah, so there's also a little icon that looks kind of like a magic wand. 
Um, and if you click that, then you can enter in things like ISBN numbers or if you know the Library of Congress numbers or whatnot. And if you put that in, it will automatically populate if it's got record of that. And there are some times that I've used it and it hasn't shown up anything or it's shown up the wrong book. So you want to double check that. Yeah. And so um, you can also add notes to a particular uh, um, resource that you've entered into Zotero. So if you want to keep notes about that particular um, uh, that particular work, then you can do that. You can also attach things to each um, each entry that you make. Like if you want to have the if it's a journal article and you have the journal article on your computer, then you could attach uh, the PDF or whatever file format that it is to that entry as well, so that. You don't just have to open up the article by going through your file explorer, but if you're already in Zotero, you can just click on the entry and it will automatically open up that resource. Yeah, and so those are the ways you can do it just from there, but we talked about there being a browser connector. So one of the great things about using the browser connector is if let's say you're on your school's library uh, website or you're on Amazon, they have a little button that's usually to the right of your search bar uh, or your address bar, and you can click on that, and it will pull data from that website and make a uh, entry into your Zotero library straight from that. I typically do this from the website of our seminary's library. Um, you can do this from other places. Uh, if you're on Amazon.com, you can... Um, click the uh, Zotero button there in your browser, and it'll populate the entry um, automatically as well. But I typically do it on my library's website, and you might be doing the same thing. Another thing is that when you get the um, resource that you've been searching for and you import it via your browser, if it's from a library website, for example, if it's a journal article, um, a lot of times when you can access that journal journal article via PDF from your library's website, when you select the resource and then hit the button in your browser to import it into Zotero, it'll actually import the PDF as well. Mm -hmm. I talked about adding attachments and things like if you have the journal article on your computer already, you could do that. But um, a lot of times it will automatically work uh, from the website and import that journal article there. It doesn't work 100% of the time, right? but um, often, more often than not, I would say, I've ended up not just with the data for the resource, but the resource itself when it's available to view. Yeah. Then one thing about the Zotero button uh, on your web browser is that it, you'll notice that it changes what it looks like from depending on what site you're on. So if you're on uh, let's say a particular result from your library search, uh, and it's just one book, you will see what looks kind of like a page uh, on that button and you click that and it'll take all the documents on there. But let's say instead of one hit, you're looking at a, a listing of all the hits on that particular page. It will actually, the button will look something like a file cabinet and you can click that and then you can check all of the search hits that you want to add to your library. So if it, you're just trying to gather raw data for your research, you can hit that, click all of the ones that seem like they're relevant, and it'll automatically import all of those at the same time into Zotero. Before you told me about that, before we recorded, I had no idea about that feature. 
So that could have saved me even more time as I was doing research projects and getting ready to write papers. Right. So you can do that. And then obviously, if it's not there, it's it's a little hard to delete stuff. But obviously, the more information you have, it'll probably be better either way, just even having it if you don't use it. There's one other uh, thing that I want to talk about, and that one has to do with, um, at least from my experience with Logos Bible Software, you can take your library as it exists in that software and you can export it. You can export a list of it as a particular file format. I can't really get into it today because I've only done it once and I don't remember. But if you look it up, you can find that you can export your library list as a particular file that you can then import into Zotero. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I just found this out a few weeks ago and um, I tried it out. And it's not bad. Um, a lot of the metadata did not fully um, did not fully populate over, right? And so that was a little inconvenient, but it was better than nothing, right? It's certainly better than going down, going and hunting down individual resources online and having to do them one at a time. Yeah. So that gets me to the next point: is that when you get your metadata, it will almost always not be a hundred percent accurate to your citation style. So you're going to have to massage it, is the way I use it. Um, for example, whenever we pull data from our seminary's library site, for some reason, the titles tend to only be capitalized at the beginning of the title and any proper nouns in there, whereas uh, in or at least in our citation style, you need to capitalize everything that's basically not a preposition or a conjunction. Right. And there are other ways in which the metadata doesn't come in very clean. Um, the title, if it's a title and then there's like a colon and then a subtitle to it, almost always the colon will be separated from the first title by a space. Yeah. It's and this really annoying thing where you got to just, you got to hit the backspace button and get rid of that. Or it'll have the city of publication and the date or like the the publication the the publishing company and the year of publication all together on one thing mm -hmm. and those are different fields so you have to get them all right and ordered yeah and and that's our library um, you can use other sites like if i use amazon i have to massage it in a different way maybe everything comes in uh, capitalized and there's no space between the colon but you know sometimes with amazon it pulls a date there that is actually not the actual publication date. Maybe there's something that's a little bit off about that. Um, so you're going to want to double check the data just to make sure. And it seems like a big investment at front, but it pays dividends after you get it smoothed out the way you need to. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, I mean, that seem, it seems like a pain when you have to clean all that stuff up. But once it is cleaned up and once it is ready to go, you are going to be very thankful that you have it. So we've talked about all of the ins and outs or a lot of the ins and outs of importing resources into Zotero and the importance of getting them just right and getting them all set up within the software. And that leads us to actually utilizing those resources as they are in the Zotero library as you're writing a paper. So if you imagine that you are writing a paper and... Um, you have to put a footnote in about something. My old instinct was to um, go to the footnote command as it exists in Word on its own over in the references tab uh, over to the insert footnote. 
But what I do now is I click on the Zotero tab that was added to Word when I downloaded that plugin. And what I click on from there is add slash edit citation. And um, what will happen is when I click that, instead of just going immediately down to the um, down to the area where footnotes go, a little window will pop up and I will just start typing in the resource that I'm looking for. And um, that window will auto-populate with the resource um, as I search uh, for it. And I'll select the one that I want if there are multiple ones that have popped up, or oftentimes I'll type enough that just the one that I'm looking for pops up. I'll click on it. And um, now tell me, Kevin, here's one thing that, that I am still doing. Um, I automatically will click the little window, or the little arrow next to uh, the entry, and I will pull up the editor. Do I have to do that, or can I just put the page number inside the window? You can actually just press space and then start typing the numbers, and you can, like, if it's pages 99 to 102, you can put 99-102, and it will actually automatically do that. But it's not good at doing Roman numerals, so that's when you're going to need to do uh, the editor on that so that you can put in non-Arabic numerals. So my still um, needing to grow in this has caused us to fast forward a little bit, so I'm sorry about that. But um, let's just say you're putting in a basic footnote with the um, info for the resource and the page numbers from which you got it. All you have to do is, f is search for the resource via the window that pops up, and then, as Kevin said, hit space and put in your page range or your page number, and you hit enter. And suddenly, down below in the footnotes is uh, the citation that you need in the footnote in the style that you need because you've gone back beforehand and selected the citation style that you use, and, and it's there. Now, um, let's say that you need to cite that reference again a little bit later. And so you, um, once again, you click uh, add, it, add or Edit Citation, and you put in the same resource again. You select it, you put in the page number, and then you hit Enter. This time, it will um, do whatever your citation style uh, dictates as far as what a second footnote from the, from a same resource will do. In our case, um, for SBL Handbook of Style, it will put the author's name, the last, the last name of the author, then the short title of the work, that's another field in the metadata for Zotero that you can enter, and then the page number. Mm -hmm. And it does it automatically. Mm -hmm. I don't have to type it in in a special way because it's the second time. Zotero knows to do it that way because it's the second time that it's, that it's in there. Mm -hmm. Now, let's say that you keep going and then you realize, oh, I should have cited that author earlier in addition to the other ones that I've put. Um, in, in addition to the other two times that I've cited that author. So you go back and you click where you need the footnote to go. I should say that that for, um, for sure is you always click where you need the footnote to go, and then you hit Add Edit Citation. And, um, and so let's say you go back before your first footnote, and you put in that same author, you put in your page number, whatever, and you hit Enter. This time... Zotero will adjust all of the footnotes that have been put in so far. 
and it will make that one, the one that you've backed up and entered, it will make that one the first citation with its style, and the other two will now become the secondary style. I know that's been like something that's been really annoying to me in the past when I did this all by hand, uh, and me typing this in is I would go through and I would have a first citation already done out. And then later on, I would do something like that, go ahead of it. And then either if I didn't catch it, I'd have two first citations or, you know, it's just annoying to have to delete one and add another one up there. So let's say you need to do something that's more complicated, though, than just adding the resource and a page number. Um, let's say you have a real honest-to-goodness footnote that has several uh, sentences of explanatory material, and you need to write all that stuff out yourself. Um, what you do then is you'll notice that on the window that pops up when you add a citation, there's a little Z on the side. And that Z has a little arrow on it that if you click on it, there's a, there's a drop-down. It's not really a drop-down. It's just one thing that opens up, and it's called Classic View. And when you enter in classic into classic view, it'll show you, again, all of your resources, um, all of your, um, well, all the resources and then the, then the author next to that. And below that, there are two fields, one that's called prefix and one that's called suffix. And so if you want to put something before your citation, uh, you would just start typing into the prefix area. You can type sentences and sentences and sentences if you want. And if you want to put the information after the citation, uh, then you would you would type in the suffix field, and um, you can uh, you can also do things like you can put the page number in there in classic view, uh, and you can also uh, do what's called suppress author. There's a little button that you can click uh, so that if you're just putting the if you're putting the author's name into the sentences that you're typing, then you don't need to put the author's name into the citation, and you can just avoid that whole step. And Zotero will give you the citation with your sentences that include the author's name, but the citation information itself won't include the author's name. And so uh, this is a way for you to add more um, more detailed footnotes and more expansive footnotes that still deal with um, the cite the citation info that's being pulled from Zotero. The thing is is that if you try to edit the footnote after you've created it and start typing stuff in there, then it leads you to problems with the formatting uh, and it won't if you have to go back and add another footnote or something, um, that particular footnote that you've edited inside the document, it won't change and it won't it won't adjust like we were talking about before. See, you're blowing my mind here, and this shows how non-expert we are in this because I have been doing it the other way, and I would put it in, and I would highlight the thing so I could come back to it, and I'd put a little comma after it, which is annoying because it has a period and then a comma, and then I would write what I needed to write so that I would have to know to go back and adjust that at the end of my writing process. So you've just blown my mind. As soon as we are done, I will show you. Okay. And it's going to be awesome. That's that's awesome. And so that's um, footnotes. Obviously, there are um, there are other ways of doing notes. There's endnotes. Zotero does endnotes too. The whole point is that um, as long as you tell it to do endnotes instead of footnotes, it'll do endnotes for you. That's the beauty of it. It's all about what you've set as the settings in the software. And then as you add or edit citations, then you can, um, 
then then you can do whatever style of notes are required by your citation style. And if you want to edit a citation, um, the best way to do that is, again, is to select that particular citation that you already have, either footnote or endnote, and then hit edit citation, and then go back into classic view and edit it from there. Because if you try to edit it yourself, then that particular footnote or endnote will no longer adjust with the others as you add citations in other places. It will not adjust its format based on where it is. It can adjust it, but you it will ask it'll have a prompt asking, Do you want to do that? And it's kind of counterintuitive because if you say no, it will adjust it. And if you say yes, it won't. But uh, so you just need to kind of read that if that for some reason happens. I think I was getting tripped up on that, I guess. So thank you for the clarification. There's another important thing that it'll do, which is um, once you've got your, well, anyway, I like to, once I've got my paper fully written out, um, I, uh, I will then go to the end of my paper and in the Zotero tab on the ribbon, there's also the option to insert a bibliography. Uh And so once all of your citations are entered, or even when they're not entered, when they're not all entered yet, um, Zotero will simply take all of the citations that you've put into the paper so far, and it will just generate a bibliography. And it will generate it in the proper style for a bibliography, full bibliographic data, and not just the sometimes partial data or altered data that a footnote or an endnote will take. Yeah, and that, again, it, it's dynamic in that it's following what the footnotes that you've put in or endnotes or whatever citations you've put in there, it will do that. But you can also add references. If there's something that you need to add that you maybe didn't specifically cite, or in our case, there's uh, one encyclopedia that we just, as our our field uses, it's called BDAG. Um, and we just, the first citation tends to be just BDAG and the page number. Well, that doesn't come out through Zotero. So I add that in. And there, so when you enter the bibliography, there's a way to add, uh, it's like they've got two different lists and you can send, press an arrow button, which will send it over into the bibliography, even if it's not one of your citations. I didn't know about that part. Yeah. Like I was creating special entries so that I could just... Um, like I, I was creating a special resource entry for BDAG or Hallow or whichever, mm-hmm. and so that I could just have it be the short, the short little citation. Yeah, and so uh, you know, we've really we're realizing between the two of us that Zotero is a lot more intuitive than we thought it was. Yeah, another thing that you can do is some resources, um, like Kevin said, if it's a if it's a lexicon, then it requires a different kind of entry. There are also certain other resources, like certain grammars, that have become standardized, um, like um, Walt Keen O'Connor's Introduction to Biblical Hebrew Syntax is like a standardized grammar that, in in our citation style, just goes by the abbreviation IBHS. Uh-huh. And all you have to do is just put IBHS and the section number. Now, um, if you have the, um, what's, what is that called? If you have on your computer the English, uh, in parentheses, United States, translation keyboard, um, it will give you a lot of symbols that you can have quick commands for. And so you can also put in, instead of just page numbers, you can put in section numbers too. Oh. So that's something I do uh, for things like grammars where they're broken up into sections. So 
that was a lot of information. And like we said, this takes some doing to get it set up. But we have found that once you get it set up and once you put in the effort on the front end, it makes your paper writing so much simpler and it takes care of all of these nitty gritty details that beforehand I was just getting marks here and there and and like as far as getting feedback on assignments saying like, no, this is wrong, this is wrong, it has to be like this. No, it's this kind of dash, not that kind of dash. Mm -hmm. That's how kind of meticulous my professor was as far as us getting it right. But now I don't have to worry about that because Zotero worries about it for me. Um, so we talked already about lowering transaction costs for things that you need to get done. This is like a bullseye uh, as far as as far as that's concerned, because whereas you are taking forever to get citations written out when you're doing it yourself, you now have access to a program that can do all of that heavy lifting for you. Yeah. And so, again, it's it's a library that's sitting on your computer. So it's great because every time you use that reference, once you have it set the way it needs to be. It'll be good every single time. But again, it's garbage in, garbage out principle. So you've got to make sure that you invest a little time up front to save yourself a lot of time at the end. The last thing that I want to say is that depending on the kind of degree program that you're in in seminary, um, this will... I think the the higher level of degree program that you go into, the more important and the better value it'll be for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're in the midst of a Master's of Divinity and you're in the midst of like 500-level courses where you're writing a lot of reflection papers and things like that, this may not be of quite as high a value as if you're, say, doing a really... Um, really long and in-depth research paper that requires a lot of citations. Um, so do consider that as you as you think about whether Zotero is going to be useful to you. Yeah, and I wanted to say too that there it can be really important. There have been in the last few years several in our field high-level like commentaries that have been pulled back for plagiarism because they didn't cite enough sources. And I, a lot of those cases, I think they were getting their notes mixed up and whatnot. And so this is going to be a great way for you to, it's real easy. You just pop that window open and you start typing and you select and you put your page number and then you move on and you've, you've cited your source and you, it, it makes it that much less likely for you to deal with plagiarism issues. So not only can it make your work more efficient, it's also um, a way for you to cover yourself mm -hmm. um, in a in a field and in well I, either in a particular field like biblical studies or just in general in academic environments where you have to be super careful about how you cite what you're what you're pulling from and the consequences can be drastic if you don't get it right. And that about does it for this survival tip for today. We do hope that uh, it is useful to you. We hope that you go check out the resource. And uh, that if you do, that uh, you make good use of it. So we hope you've enjoyed listening. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can head to our Facebook page, Surviving Seminary Podcast, where you can see the link to our email and send us a message there. Or you can just drop us a message right there on the Facebook page. So thanks for listening. And we'll be talking at you again very soon. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.